Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zetner Geology Podcast, Episode 82, Docking Silesia. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm in the zone now, baby. It's still the same day. <laughs> it's later in the day. I recorded the last episode of this radio series called Docking Rangelia this morning. And that's usually what I do. I record these when I'm fresh. I've had a nice breakfast. I've had a few thoughts. And, and I just roll right along with recording one of these podcast episodes. Uh, but today um, is still December 30th, 2021. I recorded this morning. Uh, you know, it's cold outside. Snow continues to fall. Eventually, I saw that the Rangelia episode uh, was, whatever, uploaded to Apple Music. That's how I listen to these podcasts. No, Apple Podcasts. As I got a little, I don't know, I upgraded my phone, so I got a little uh, notification. I don't know how you, if you get notified or not. <clears throat> not a big fan in general of the notification thing, but uh, I don't know how to turn it off. Anyway, it showed up. Rangelia. Uh, showed up in the Nick Sentner Geology podcast feed or whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I need to go out and shovel snow anyway. Let me put my earbuds in. I'll listen to the episode, make sure that it sounds okay. And uh, I'm not sure I've ever deleted one after I've posted it, but occasionally I'm, I guess I always think, well, I better listen to the thing, make sure I didn't say something ridiculous. So I'm shoveling snow, listening to that. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, there were some actual new thoughts that are going to be helpful in January when I resume the the crazy Eocene videos. And if you heard the last episode, episode 81 I'm talking about, called Docking Rangelia, uh, you know, as I was talking, I was like, yeah, you've got these magmas in North Cascades National Park. Some of them are Cretaceous. And I'm wondering if I can explore or continue to explore the ideas about are those magmas, are those plutons clearly the result of subduction of an oceanic plate and creating a volcanic arc, which I think is what most people just assume. And it's more than just assume with the research team that I'm associated with now, they, they think of it as a volcanic arc back 100 million years ago, or more specifically, a little bit younger than 100 million years ago. Mount Stewart Pluton, Black Peak Pluton, etc. So I want to continue to explore that, not necessarily with this episode that I'm recording in the here and now with you, but I will be using that as a theme or a series of themes uh, in January and February with our new guests coming in. So I was excited to kind of stumble into that a little bit more clearly than I had in my mind before. So I, as I indicated in the last episode, yeah, I got done recording. And before I went to go shovel snow, I wrote that stuff down before I forgot it. So I'm repeating that here because will I have the same kind of experience recording this one, which is called docking Silesia? That's not the same as docking Rangelia. I don't know. I may or may not have some new thoughts with you this time. So let's try it. 
Well, if doc, docking Rangeli was 100 million years ago, and it was potentially tied to the uh, beginning of the Rocky Mountain development, but we'll leave that alone for now. Is it helpful then, slowing down now, I'm thinking, making some new thoughts right away, kind of like it. This, this, this exercise is helpful for me. Maybe you too, but definitely for me. Is it helpful then to go immediately from thinking about all of the activity with docking Rangelio, furnace kicked back on, is it helpful to go immediately from that to 50 million years ago in the Eocene when we have another major docking? Now, let's, well, you can decide, I guess. We can decide together. Let's think it out specifically. What, what similarities and differences do we have between docking Rangelia and docking Silesia? Kind of did this uh, earlier in the alphabet, back in December, earlier this month, in other words, with the videos. And each of those episodes is an hour and a half. So it's not like I'm, I'm going to be going through every little gory detail. As you know, with these radio episodes, I don't do any planning, and I'm just hoping that the most important ideas will bubble up, and they just kind of come out of my mouth with you, and if they come out of my mouth without much thought with you, then maybe that means that there's some reason to pursue more thoughts along those lines. So earlier this month, I was thinking, going back and forth, really, between the Cretaceous and the Eocene. In other words, between docking Rangelia and docking Silesia. And vamping now with you, um, you know, if you're Basil Tikoff, you're a Cretaceous guy. You're thinking almost exclusively about that period of time. The 100 million year old hit, as Basil talks about it, hit and run. And the run is the Baja BC, not going there today. But I'm in a position where I want to understand the North Cascades in northern Washington better. And I'm realizing that there's lots of plutons and some folds and faults that are tied to the 100 million year old docking of Rangelia. And there's a bunch of plutons and folds and faults tied to the docking of Silesia. So I'm going to continue to go back and forth this January and February as we finish out the Crazy Eocene A to Z video series. I think it's, it's beneficial, maybe even novel, to keep going back and forth and saying, okay, well, this is what we know about the Eocene. Let's go back to the Cretaceous. Can we find some of those same structures? Or along the theme that we had last time, okay, we got a bunch of plutons in the Eocene, and we know now that some of those plutons are not from subduction. Are we really going back to the Cretaceous and saying those are all for sure subduction-related? Yes or no? And if not, what do we know about the Eocene plutons through the work of Jeff Tepper, who's going to be our first guest, by the way, if you want to tune in. Here's a little teaser, a little inside scoop for you audio listeners. And left, unless Jeff Tepper pulls an audible on me, and he's trying to get back to Seattle from visiting his family in Pennsylvania, 
And again, we've had so much snow and so much weather here in Washington, maybe throughout the West, but especially here in Washington, um, flights are canceled left and right. You know, I was, I was moaning about the fact that our three boys have gone back home. Well, the oldest boy and his uh, girlfriend um, tried to get out of here a few days earlier, Ellensburg meaning, uh, and, and fly down to Tucson. And they, among many other, uh, I think they've canceled like 1,500 flights out of the Seattle-Tacoma International Airport um, starting on Sunday, and that's when they were supposed to leave. So Max and Corey stayed another three days. Yeah, that's the. If you're a long-time viewer, that that's the or listener, that's the uh, that's the couple that was stuck in Beirut, Lebanon, <laughs> when they were teaching at an international school uh, as political revolution was and the economy in, in Beirut was collapsing, and then the pandemic starts, and those kids barely got out of there. The embassy left before they did. The U.S. Embassy left before my kid left. Still trying to get over that. Uh, where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah. So Tepper, Tepper is uh, scheduled to be the guest on uh, January 5th, and he's a known commodity. I'm a big fan of his. He's had a long teaching career at University of Puget Sound, uh, and his class projects have been tied with these Eocene plutons, and he has come up with some amazing work that is really unknown to most because he hasn't had the time to publish. We'll get into that with him. But I'm going to be taking all this really goody-goody stuff from Jeff Tepper and his students that he's compiled over the last 25 years from the Eocene plutons in eastern Washington. And then I want to go back to the Cretaceous because there are just as many huge plutons and other structures in the North Cascades from 50 million years earlier. And I just don't think anybody's really thought about those things. They maybe are unaware of Tepper's story, and I don't want to spoil it in case you're unaware. I guess if you followed along with all the Geology 351 live streams this past spring, you know Tepper. He was in the live chat with the viewers with a couple of those sessions in late May, Tepper joined my Geology 351 students in the field in the Wenatchee area, kind of in the grand finale of that 351 experience. So we were, we were deeply into Jeff Tepper land with my 351 students, and I'm just going to boil off the best of the best from that and use it with Tepper on January 5th when the live streams resume. If you really want to join us live, Wednesday, January 5th, at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Tune in to the Nick Zentner YouTube channel and join us. And if not, maybe you'll look for the replay of that. But I think there's so much with Tepper, I'm going to try to get him to, to join us twice. Kind of like Basil joined us twice. But I haven't heard from Tepper because I think he's trying to get back from Pennsylvania. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay. All right. So that's... That's a theme. So docking Silesia, we know more about because it's younger. You know how that works in geology. You, 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 you know far more about recent events than you do, you know, back in the dawn of time. You know, you go back to a billion years ago, you, you hardly know anything. That's basically why I'm not that interested in the Precambrian. We don't know date. We don't, there's so much we don't know. It's, it's so fuzzy, so far back. We've lost so much through erosion and 
plate subduction and everything else. So we know quite a, okay, here's a theme. All right, I'm liking it. We're, in the live stream series in January and February, we are going to be focusing primarily on the Eocene because it's quote-unquote recent compared to a bunch of stuff that is twice as old, meaning the Cretaceous. But again, I'll say it one more time. Can we take what we learn in the Eocene and double the age and see what we can find 100 million years ago? And, we'll, and, and, and this is interestingly bracketing Baja BC. The Cretaceous stuff is before Baja BC begins, if it ever did. And the Eocene stuff is, is happening right as Baja BC is finishing up. And if you don't know what Baja BC is, I'm sorry, you've got some homework to do. I've been doing programs and radio episodes on Baja BC over the last two years. Okay, so docking Celestia, what did we discuss with some of the guests? Some of the guests I had were Mike Eddy, yeah, had him on the show. Ray Wells, yep, had him on the show, separate show, talking about live streams in the December, in the, in, uh, earlier this month. Had Aaron Donaghy on three separate times. Mostly because she's smart and good and doing very interesting work in central Washington and western Washington on the Olympic Peninsula and up in Alaska next summer. But also because she's a woman. And I'm trying to get, trying to bake up, uh, break up the old boys club, the, the parade of old men that continue to pop up on this series. That's a, that's a decided goal. Look, I don't want to hit this too hard, but it was 100% white men for most of the history of geology. And I'm an old white man, so I'm not saying that we are irrelevant. But I am happy to report, I know I've done this before with the radio show, I'm happy to report that it's more than just old white men doing this work these days. And we have a lot of viewers who are not old white men. And I want, without saying it out loud, I, I want a diversity in our guests. So I have a few women lined up. I have a few younger people lined up. And that's on purpose. So that it's not just a bunch of the thinking about back in the good old days, back in 1982 when I did such and such. And along those lines... Uh, one of the episodes that happened right before I quit for the holiday break, I was very pleased on how that turned out. Looking at my phone right now, it is called, it is Session K of the Eocene series. It's called Chumstick Basin with Matt McClincy and Aaron Donaghy. So I'll let that episode speak for itself. I think you'll enjoy it if you want to tune into that one. Again, I, I wanted to do it without talking about it. But I, I wanted in one episode to have the work of a guy who was stumbling around between Wenatchee and Leavenworth looking for volcanic tufts within the Chumstick Sedimentary Basin in 1984 under the tutelage of Paul Hammond. And he didn't go on in geology to do more research. He, he went on into environmental issues. Matt McClincy I'm talking about, who I tracked down using frickin' Facebook. 
but I got him to appear on the show. And then we went to Aaron Donaghy, who's currently using his work from 25 years ago, more than that, 30 years ago, I don't know, and and is uh, is using the Mike Eddy method to get high-precision dates on those tufts and to do a lot more with it. So for a time in that session K, it was uh, three people. You know, he split the screen between three talking heads. Moi, that's French. Matt McClincy, who looks like I do, my vintage. And then Aaron, who's, I don't know, 32 years old, I, I'm guessing. Uh, and smart as a whip. And we're breaking up the old boys club, is my point. More of that coming without being verbal about it, except I am being verbal about it here with you. Okay, so to re I don't think I want to do a bunch of these audio episodes going through each of the video sessions that we did in December and even going back into November. But a, a, a number of them kind of revolved around the docking of Rangelia. And yes, that's the Rocky Mountain stuff. And there was another one called Cretaceous Fireworks, where I had Bob Miller from San Jose State talking about folds and faults that happened as a result of the docking of Rangelia. Well, I did then jump to the docking of Silesia. What is Silesia? Again, you got some homework to do now. Come on, I'm assuming that you know some of this stuff. Have you been listening along the way? I'm still, yeah, it's, okay, another, I'm a little distracted tonight, I guess. That nap was a good, I took a nap this afternoon, feeling fresh as a daisy. I continue to get emails, some saying, I just started your podcast series. Like, they have no knowledge of the live streams or anything else. They're like, to podcast number 12, you know, I'm, I'm, this is like two years ago, three years ago, I guess, when I was doing the Geology 101 sessions just off the top of my head. And I was just starting to do the podcast thing. So I was up at Central at the university in this little podcast, reco podcast recording studio, which turned out to be, you know, I got a much better setup here at home, I think. But anyway, I was just learning. And I reply to some of them and I say, thanks for listening. Hope you, I'm glad you're enjoying it, you know. And some of them know that I've been busy more recently. How do they know that, by the way? Oh, yeah, they, they so they, they're working their way through these audio podcasts, maybe like you are, and they see that there's 82 of these. Again, it's kind of fun. They, they, don't, they don't know what's coming. <laughs> they're, they're back three years ago. They're listening to me with this crappy audio, and I'm just going through these 101 uh, lessons that I've done forever. And they don't know what's coming, meaning they don't know the pandemic is coming course they do but you know what I mean right so they're, they're back three years ago and they know that a bunch of more podcasts are coming like 82 of them but they're back there and they're shoveling snow or they're doing other chores some are listening in Australia and it's hotter than hell right now here in, in late December but they're unaware of the whole backyard live stream thing, the whole series of videos recording in the field. You know, thing, I, I, things really took off as far as my, um, I don't know how you say it, just the amount of stuff I've been putting out there really exploded at the dawn of the pandemic for obvious reasons. I didn't have anything else to do. But it's kind of fun to hear from them. Okay, boy, I'm really distracted today. So Mike Eddy was talking about the fireworks that was happening 
uh, inboard of the docking of Silesia. So maybe I got 10 minutes left on this one. I stumbled into a theme that I like. It's an analogy, essentially. I was looking for something to verbally help us keep track of, and visually help us keep track of all these things going on as a result of a docking of a huge terrain. So I did not mention in the last episode that when we docked Rangelia, then a bunch of stuff happened uh, on the continent after 100 million years ago. And I came up with the idea of fireworks. Like if you're a kid and you go to a fireworks show, as I remember fondly, you got the picnic blanket out there, you're on a golf course at Jefferson, Wisconsin, you've got your, your nuclear family with you. Nuclear? Nuclear? <laughs> my mom and my dad, my two sisters and me, and you've been to a fireworks show, 4th of July or whatever, there's an audible sound, isn't there? Like a where they, I don't know what they do, but they, they do something over there in the parking lot. They set off the firework and you, and you hear the thump or the thump. And there's a few seconds of nothing, right? And then boom, the fireworks goes off. And maybe it's a big, beautiful orange one that just fills the whole sky. And then there's another, wait two or three seconds. Oh, and then this is kind of a little, little pink thing kind of. And then here's another. That one's a big cannonball one, you know, just a big sat loud noise. And the dog starts barking. what am I doing? Well, when we dock Silesia, that's the foom. And then after that, there's all this stuff happening inboard. And since it's the Cretaceous 100 million years ago, and talking with Bob Miller, all I could come up with was plutons and thrust vaults. Leave it alone. But today, in this episode, we are docking Silesia. And I had a series of shows. Let me read them off my phone. Docking Silesia with Aaron Donaghy. Silesia and the Yellowstone Hotspot with Ray Wells. Session I, Clockwise Rotation with Basil Tikoff. Session J, Silesia Fireworks with Mike Eddy. And then a couple on the Chumpstick. We had a Chumpstick weekend before the holidays. The point is, there's a And that's the docking of Silesia. Again, you've got the homework to do to, to, to learn all your facts and figures about what Silesia was. I'm not going to do it here. But it was a big, large igneous province that, that hit the Pacific Northwest 50 million years ago, generally. But then between 50 and 45 million years ago, there is absolute mayhem happening as a result of the docking. Daddy's getting excited. This is the main message for today. The docking of Silesia creates an incredible fireworks show across the inland Pacific Northwest, and yes, as we get into January and February, the effects of the docking of Silesia reach as far east as, ding, 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 you guessed it, the Rocky Mountains. Oh my God, we're back to the Rockies? Yeah, you bet your ass we are. 
Oh, so what are all these fireworks? What did Mike Eddy help us see? And then Aaron Donaghy and Matt McClincy help us see. I'll just give it to you verbally. But that's a theme we're going to continue with all through January and February. Ready? Doc Seletsia, 50 million years ago. What happens between 50 and 45 million years ago in North America as a result of the docking? Absolute crazy amounts of magma. Plutons invading from below. Stretching from the coast of Washington all the way into Montana. As far north as British Columbia, as far south maybe as Nevada. I don't know. I need to learn more about it. So plutons, bunch of thrust faults, bunch of reverse faults. Sure, we're compressing the crust. Oh, but wait, there's also a bunch of normal faults happening shortly after that. So like the, the compressional story, the thrust faults from the docking of Silesia are kind of short-lived, at least here in Washington. Between 51 and 49, we have active uh, compression and active thrust faulting and reverse faulting as a result of the impact and the mountain building as a result of docking Silesia. But between 49 and I think maybe as short-lived as between 49 and 45, I need to learn more about it. Everything's happening simultaneously, including normal faulting. So we, okay, new thought. Wow, okay, interesting. New thought. Docking of Silesia gives us an immediate compression, as you would expect, 51 to 49, but then everything relaxes, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm not saying all through the American West, but here in the Northwest, everything starts relaxing, stretching. And if you do that, you have normal faults. And if the normal faults are low angle faults, they're called detachment faults. And if you're a geologist listening to this right now and I mention detachment fault, what do you think? That's right. You think about something I don't know a damn thing about. I haven't thought about detachment faults in 35 years, but detachment faults are related to something called a metamorphic core complex, a nice dome, and an upper plate sliding away from an uplifting lower plate. And we have these turtle... Oh. Okay. Maybe I'll keep this one. It's like we have these turtle shells. These turtles are rising out of the earth. The turtles are metamorphic rock. The turtle shell is hard, but it's slippery. Oh, I like this. Hmm. A metamorphic core complex, and there are core complexes rising in the immediate aftermath of docking Silesia from B.C. down to southern Idaho at least, from Washington as far east as Wyoming at least, I think, metamorphic core complexes. Each of these core complexes is a turtle, a, a metamorphic turtle, a turtle made out of nice that is lifting and rising, and the overriding 
upper plate material, oftentimes sedimentary rock, is sliding away in both in all directions away from that slippery turtle shell. Damn, I like that. You know, I, I don't think so that's an original thought, the turtles, the turtle shell thing. But but it's not totally out of the ether because I remember, oh wow, I remember in 1986 having to do a a, a report. We were going to go to on a, on a Death Valley field trip with the Idaho State University Geology Club, or maybe a part of the. I guess it was a class. Dave Rogers took us down there. And I had to do a report on the turtlebacks. I think they were called the turtlebacks in Death Valley. Is that a detachment fault? Is that, is that a metamorphic core complex? Maybe it is. I'll have to look into that. Okay, so anyway, we have these metamorphic core complexes. I'm excited to learn about those for sure. Don't know much. I'm also interested... And I think people are trying to talk me out of it, but I, I'm interested in thinking about the North Cascades, the crystalline core of the North Cascades, as a just a big turtle. It's a freaking giant turtle. Like, there is this amazing amount of exhumation. The geologic elevator is going up. I know I've talked about that before, maybe a year ago. The geologic elevator comes up, and all this Skagit nice and Swakane, Biotite nice and Napiqua, whatever, I can't remember, Chert. I don't know. It's all coming up uh, simultaneously, and I wonder if that's just a giant core complex. So why are we getting all these plutons inland of the docking of Silesia At the same time, why are we getting all this geologic elevator tectonics, which to my simple way of thinking is, is a metamorphic core complex family, a family of turtles rising out of the earth? And having the overriding stuff that was, that was burying the turtles, oh, I like that too, is, is sliding off of this slippery turtle shell. And then why are we forming, where does all that stuff go? If you erode all this material that used to be on top of the turtles, it's in these vast sedimentary basins like the Chumstick Basin. And we can now keep track of time within the sandbox known as the Chumstick by using these tough beds, tough layers that are now precisely dated by Mike, Eddie, and Aaron Donaghy. Well, if you want to toss in one more, at least there's a bunch of gold and silver being deposited. Associated with the Plutons, I guess. Not sure. But things like the Golden Horn Pluton is freaky weird. And most of those plutons have gold and silver associated with them, like in the Wenatchee area, like in the Liberty area, just north of Ellensburg. There's lots to discuss. There's lots to delve into. And so, again, another insider scoop for you in case you're really into this YouTube series. Oh, I don't want to give too much away. I want it to be a total surprise. But I'll, I have to say something now. So... A substantial part of January will be looking at these Eocene magmas. And then much of February, as we get late in the alphabet, will be tied to these uplifting turtles, these metamorphic core complexes. That's, that's as far as I want to go. I got some really big surprises that I'm very excited to share, but I want it to be a true surprise. I don't want you guys to have the, the upper hand on that because you'll, 
you'll share it probably in the live chat or, or whatever. I want, it, I want it to be truly a big surprise. Okay, uh, it's 32-minute mark of this one. What did I try to do? I tried, I did come up with a couple new thoughts. The turtle thing is new. What else was new just as I was chatting with you? Yeah, I guess the other thing that was new was can we learn more about the Cretaceous by, by bouncing back and forth between 100 million years ago and 50 million years ago? I like that too. I hadn't quite thought about that before. And yes, I have to say, to, to round it out, we're going to realize in January that many of those plutons that are Eocene are not subduction-related. Dun-dun-dun. And they're not slab failure-related either, really. Although they kind of are, now that I say that. <laughs> I have to, have to fine-tune that. But the theme from last radio episode where you've got a bunch of plutonic igneous rock, a bunch of intrusions... And you're asking, are they all really from subduction or not? That was the big moment from the last radio episode. The big moment from this episode, perhaps, is if they're not related to subduction, what are they related to? And do we have more options than just slab failure, as I was trying to describe it last time? And then throw in this core complexes, which have a whole nother set of ideas related to them that are exciting to me. Looking forward to diving in. Of course, I couldn't just avoid this stuff. So I've been, I've been organizing. I've been thinking. I've been emailing. I've been working, quote-unquote. Even though I had the house full of kids, um, you know, they're playing board games and everything else, so I'll disappear for a couple hours, work on some emails, work on some geology. They know that's the drill. They don't want me getting in the way anyway. So, And uh, my lovely wife and I uh, are just now starting to enjoy time with each other again because you got a house full of kids you're just putting all your energy into those guys as it should be i think we'll cut this one off i appreciate you listening i don't know actually before i before i say goodbye i think that's all i want to do in other words i don't want to do a whole bunch more about recapping what i've done uh, in November and December with this series. So I think I'm satisfied with these two episodes recorded on the same frickin' day to kind of recap what we have been doing. I could, I could break out more, but I, I, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to kind of go 100% back into thinking about the, uh, the live stream series, the video stuff. So what I'm trying to say is, it may be a while now before I check in with you again. It might not be, and it, it might, it might, I might not do another radio episode until late February when I'm done, when I get to Z, and uh, and the weather's nice. Looking forward to that, and uh, and I'll fill you in on what happened in January and February. So I think that's what I'm saying. I I, I think I won't be doing any more audio episodes here in the pod cast world until late February, unless I get something um, under my skin that I want to share with you before then. Okay, disjointed way to end, but hopefully you made it this far. And dear listener, I sincerely thank you for listening to this episode. 
in all these episodes. It's just fun to have somebody on the other end of the line. So thank you. I love you. And goodbye from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. <laughs>